I have a good friend who um, he got a job actually in a major city and it worked out, turned out that his grandmother lived alone in that city. So he thought, you know, he's a single man, maybe I could go live with her. And he called her and he said, I've got this job, it's downtown, I know you live close to downtown, can I live with you? And it was great, she was thrilled. And so was he, and so he lived with her and worked and that went on for several years actually. But her health started to decline and he was taking care of her, you know, especially in the evening after he got home. And then her mind started to wander and, and decline as well. And he said she was fine during the days, but it was in the evenings that she'd become a little more confused and she'd forget things. And sometimes while he was watching TV at night, he'd see her all dressed up with a coat on and she was ready to go. And he said, where are you going, Grandma? And she said, well, I've, I've got to go to the market or I'm going to go home or something like that. And he'd, he'd, he'd calm her down. Grandma, you are home. It's, we're not going to go to the market. Just come, come back, take your coat off. And that would happen a lot. And then one night he was sleeping very lightly, thanks be to God, and he heard the door and he ran downstairs and there was his grandma, you know, dressed up again and all ready to go with her purse slung over her arm and she was ready to go out the door. Where are you going, Grandma? Well, I've got to, get, I've got to go shopping. Grandma, it's three o'clock in the morning. You're not going to go shopping. Go back to bed and everything. Well, that con he continued to live with her for the next, I think, six months until she needed more care and she went to a place. And he said, he told me, and he didn't tell anyone else. I know I'm telling you now, but you don't know who this is. But he told me, and I thought it was just so awesome, so tender, so touching, that from that night on, for the next six months, he slept not in his bed, but in front of the door. He slept there not to protect them from someone coming in the house, but to protect his grandmother so that she wouldn't, or she'd have to step over him. She wouldn't go outside to get lost or have something worse happen to her. In Jesus' day, the shepherds did the same thing. The shepherds would watch the flock all day to make sure they're safe, make sure they have water and grass and they're safe and all of that, would keep away wolves and other predators. And then at, in the evening, the shepherd would guide them or, or herd them into an enclosure, a small enclosure. I've seen them actually in the Holy Land. You know, they, it's, not, it's not high. They just have these stone walls and everything, but they have an opening like in this pew. And they would all go through there and they would lie down. And then the shepherd would be the last one to lie down right in front of the opening to protect them from any wolves that might come in and protect them from going out and getting lost or having something worse happen to them. We have to know that because as we hear this gospel, now it makes sense when Jesus says, I am the gate. He both protects us and he is the way that leads to salvation. And then he says, he doesn't say it here, but he says later, I will lay down my life for you. That's what, he, that's what a shepherd would do, would lie down in front of the opening and put his life on the line to save the sheep and guide them. This is what our God does for us. We're reading from the 10th chapter of the Gospel of John on this Sunday. We always do on the fourth Sunday of Easter. It's unofficially called Good Shepherd Sunday because that's what John 10 is. It's the chapter on the Good Shepherd. And it's good and wonderful for us to think about Jesus as the good shepherd with the sheep around his shoulders, you know, and we have songs that we sang and we sang Psalm 23 and, you know, it's, it's just a great image. There's a lot of cards and artwork of Jesus there like, hmm, with the little sheep. And that's good. Surely he is. He is what David the king was thinking about when he wrote Psalm 23. He is what the prophet Ezekiel meant when he said, God says, I will shepherd my people. 
Jesus is the fulfillment of that. He is our good shepherd. But today, he gives us something that's maybe not as tender of an image. We don't have any songs that say, Jesus is my gate. But he says, I am the gate. I am the door through which you pass. And so this is what we, are, we, we reflect on today. We give thanks to God for that. Now, what does that mean for us? It's not just that we just say, thank you, God. Thanks for taking care of me. Thank you for being a good shepherd. Something is required of us. We are not senseless sheep. We have the ability to think and to act and to desire and to, to uh, follow God's call. And so what it means is that we don't just wait for Jesus to like push us or guide us or something like that, but that we seek that door, especially when we sin, when we wander away, that we remember we need to go back to Jesus. I need to go back to the door because there's no other way to be forgiven. There's no other way to be strengthened by the Lord. There's no other way to get to heaven than through that door, which is Jesus Christ. So both the first reading and the second reading say, we must seek repentance. Seek Jesus. Go to Jesus. Tell him you're sorry when you sin, and he will forgive you. He's not just the door to heaven. He's the door to forgiveness. He's the door to our being strengthened. He is the door to eternal life. So we need to approach him again and again and say in our hearts, Lord, I have sinned. I wandered away. I don't know where I was, but I need you. I want to find my way home, and you are the way home. As often as we do that, he will accept us. He will welcome us. He will be that door, that gate to forgiveness, to redemption, and to eternal life. And so I pray that you, young people who will receive the Holy Spirit, will do that again and again. Approach the Lord. Go back to him. Receiving the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. I'm sorry to say. It doesn't mean everything's all going to make sense in a few minutes. It means that God is with you and will always be with you. Don't ever think that you're all alone, that nobody's on your side, nobody cares. That's a lie that comes from the devil. You are never, ever alone, especially after you receive the Holy Spirit. It does mean, though, that you're going to still be human. Like all of us here, you're going to still sin. You're going to make mistakes. But the worst thing that would be if you gave up completely, if you forgot that God is there as the gate, as the good shepherd, waiting for us to come to him. Go to him again and again and ask him. Ask him to open the door, and he will. The door of his heart, the door to forgiveness, and the door to eternal life. He is not only our good shepherd, he is the door, the way, the truth, and the life. May God bless you today as you receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and may God bless all of us. He is our good shepherd. He is the gate. Let us seek him out again and again, for he is life. He is forgiveness. He is heaven for us.